Welcome to Alter Your Comics Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Laura. And I'm Jared. And this is our final episode of the year. Our year in review. Our... I don't know what else to say. It's the final episode of 2020. <laughs> final episode of 2020. Uh, there are two more weeks left of 2020, but it'll be Christmas and New Year's that will fall on Thursdays when we record this, and I, I just want to take that off. Yep. Might as well. We're on vacation. We're on vacation After now. this. Yeah. Uh, a miniature vacation that we don't actually get vacation from our jobs, but... Just from this. Just from this. Side job. Right. Uh, it means I'm just going to play video games on Thursdays more now for the next two weeks. We should probably start researching stuff for next year, too. I'll use my abilities to see the future, and... Oh, can't say what happens. Oh, I thought you were going to say, and odds look less likely that I would actually do that. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about some of our favorite comic books, trades, collected volumes, whatever, of 2020. Stuff that stood out to you, stuff that you liked, uh, stuff that you didn't like, you can just fill in the blank there for yourself and move along. We only have so much time for this, so we can't do stuff you didn't like. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know didn't like was a choice. Uh, it's not. <laughs> not for us. Oh, okay. So, uh, but anybody else can do that if they want. And then they can yell outside as loud as they want of, hey, I don't like this. And then we're like... And that's what Twitter's for. <laughs> but, oh well. Uh, so, who would like to go first with one of your favorite... I guess this week, too, we're not... I don't have a plan of, like, oh, my three, your three, whatever. It just... No, I just... comes to mind. I picked uh, just a handful of what stuck out to me this year and what I liked. So, yeah, with that, go ahead and... What's the first one that is on your list that's not in any particular order of the best or not? Nope. No favorite uh, best of, just uh, what I liked. Um, there's a new one called uh, Vane. It's about a group of vampires that uh, joined the Allies during World War II. Um, we're only two... Well, the the third issue came out this week, and I haven't read it yet, so I'm behind on that one. But uh, two issues in, it's really good so far. It's a fun, different take on vampires. Yeah, and it's one of those, like, hey, they're vampires. Hey, it's World War II. You know what we need? Soldiers that can't die, and that will be brutal to kill everybody else. Yes, we got vampires taking out Nazis. What more can you ask for? Zombies, also. Yeah, but in the other iteration, the zombies have always been the Nazis, so... Maybe the spinoff to Vane will be Brain. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. You were not ready for that one. <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> but yeah, Vane, it was fun um, so far. Yeah, with, like you said, two issues in. I read the first two, I haven't read the rest... Admittedly, I'm going to wait till the trade comes out. Yeah. Uh, we're at polls only at this point. So, like, well, I didn't buy issues one and two. At least I don't think we did. So. We might have one, but I don't think we got two. Yeah, I've got it on my pool list. It, It's going to read better as a trade. You can already tell that. But single issues have been really good so far. Um, I guess I will jump in next with one of my favorite picks of this year. And that is the series Wind. We've talked about it pretty much every issue that came out this year. There's five issues that came out. That is the first volume that is scheduled to come out soon-ish. Uh, follows this kid named Wind, and it's spelled W-Y-N-D, where he has weird elf ears, and he lives in a castle that has the rules of, hey, no magic beings at all is allowed inside. This is the sanctuary of pure humans, and stuff goes sour for him and his family, and he tries to escape. They put a lot of interesting characters in this. There's a lot more. You kind of wanted to delve deeper into the world. Yeah, and then when characters die, it 
it hurts. Like, oh, I really, I don't know why I really like this character. It's only two issues in, but oh, that hurt. And, Spoiler. And it's written by James Tinian the Fourth, who also wrote Joker War, which may or may not be on my list, and probably on Jared's. I don't know about Laura's, but uh, well, he's this guy is he's a breakout star of the year, I think. With agreed, he's written agreed. So yeah, and this my... was also a great like. I would call it all ages. Like I, I feel like even younger, like preteens and such, would enjoy this. I would say young adults, young adults and older, it'd be a good story for that. Yeah, maybe not little little kids, but it's it's not. There's not bad language. It's not too violent. It's not too scary. Just enough. Just scary enough. Violent enough. Yeah. Good enough. Or it's better than good enough. It's great. It was, at least it was one of my favorite picks. It was the one that really surprised me, too. Yeah. Like, I was not expecting... It's by Boom Studios, I think. Well, I don't even yes. think I would have picked it up if you hadn't said, hey, read this. This is really good. Yeah. Ditto. It, it surprised me. It did me, too. After the first issue, I put it on my pull list, and I was very glad I did. All right, Laura. What's up on your list? Um, I surprisingly... I think my pick of the year is the autumnal. I didn't expect to like this because it is listed and kind of sold as a horror book. I don't find it to be as scary as I think it's intended to be. Maybe yet. It, I, I think that it's, I think that it's turning, possibly. But I really like that it's the story of Cat Somerville, and she's returning to her home, Comfort Notch, and she buries her mother. And as she's back home, she's kind of remembering the legacy of her mother and learning things from the townspeople and her daughter is going back to school and digging up these old like children's rhymes about Clementine Bindle and the tree lady and it's kind of pointing that maybe her mom had something to do with all these like hometown legends that are going on it's like what what was her mom what really happened what's going on yeah and the neighbors definitely don't like her mom and don't want her there like no here just do what you need to do to get out of town and so we never have to see you or your family ever again yeah, I actually went back to see if they called her literally a witch, and it wasn't the word witch they used, but something else very bad. So yeah, this one's definitely more adult. This is not a, well, I guess it could be young adults, but definitely some parental supervision suggested. Pre-read this before you just give it to your kids. Make sure you're okay with it. So far, I'd say at least PG-13. Yeah. If you equate to movies and readings. Oh, yeah, and another thing to throw out, um, I googled that it has about eight issues planned, so it's on issue three right now, so we're about halfway through. All right. Jared, what's up on yours? Okay, next on my list was Batman the Three Jokers. Um, back in 2016, uh, Batman asked the Mobius chair what the Joker's real name was, and the Mobius chair said there are three Jokers, you know, so it didn't actually give a name. Uh the, this is the story of that little teaser from, what, four years ago? So it's written by Jeff Johns, and the art was uh, by Jason Fabach, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. We'll see. <laughs> I'm going to go with it. But uh, it follows the three Jokers. One's the comedian, one's the clown, and one's the criminal. And it ties into Batman and two of Joker's biggest um, victims in Barbara Gordon, Bad Girl, who he crippled. And Jason Todd Robin, who is now Red Hood, uh, that he had killed. So it just follows the story arc and delves back into 
the killing joke in death in the family there's flashbacks of those uh the story was really good i i really like the ending well i'm going to give a spoiler and it has the joker's wife and kid from the killing joke who batman kind of put into protective you know hidden away and no one knows that they're still alive and at the end batman says i knew the joker's name a week what like a week or something after i met him so there's yeah there's definitely potential for more follow-ups with this oh yeah it's like batman had known this whole time and he never revealed to anybody that he knows just to protect the joker's wife and kid you know that's pretty big yeah that's that's a big secret to keep and with the black label that this falls under dc has been very bad at explaining what black label means other than it's rated r anything can happen yeah so originally we're like, oh, black label means it's not in continuity. And then DC's like, well, we don't know. It is what it is. So even still, I don't know if this is necessarily continuity or not. I don't think it is because if you read the Joker War, there's one Joker, you know. So well, theoretically. Well, but. and how much they have focused every time else with like the family finds out that the Joker knows, like, yeah, that who he is and. The three Jokers, they never once really explained that. No, Joker knows who Batman is also, but he doesn't care. Yeah. That would have come up. Yeah, you like, would think that would have come up. But, but, yeah, I don't know. It's it's good. Um, I really enjoyed the first two parts. The third part felt a little flat to me, but I think that's because it is somewhat setting up the future, too. Yeah, I mean, they they could go anywhere with this, and it's a, also a good standalone. They could stop it right where it's at. They really don't need to follow up, but I hope they do. Um, my next one is continuing somewhat with your thought with the Joker War, since you just mentioned of that briefly and with the Jokers. This was six different issues within Batman number 95 through 100, where this was an all-out knockdown, drag him out. This will have a long-term effect on the DC Universe, specifically Batman Universe, for the next year, for the next, I'd say, five years to come at least. Oh, they set up the future of Batman so well with this. And this was, I believe this was written by James Tinian, who I just mentioned in Wind. Pretty sure, at least. Because I think he's writing the core yeah, Batman. Yeah, he's still writing the so, core yeah. Batman right now. And for me, normally for big events, I don't care about the tie-ins. This one, if you want, like, the main Joker War books feels like the Joker, or the Joker battle. To get the true feel of the Joker War, you want to read Batgirl, Nightwing, Red Hood. Detective all, comics. Detective, everything to see how big and grandiose everything was to get the actual full, full war feeling for it. It's not critical. You can definitely read the main story and be fine, but it helps. They kind of, they, back in 2018 is when um, Nightwing got shot in the head and lost all of his memories. Yeah. Well, Joker in this uses that and takes, you know, kind of mind controls Dick Grayson into thinking Dick Grayson was always on to the Joker side fighting Batman. And that he's the Joker's son. Yeah, and they had a huge battle between Nightwing and Batgirl where they went at it. That was really good. That was good. The Batgirl stuff was fantastic. Yeah, the Batgirl, especially the first part where uh, Joker disabled the chip in her back where it allowed her to walk. Like, she's like, and? I Like, you can't, you paralyzed me once. I knew this was always a possibility, so I learned how to fight without the use of my legs. Yeah, she kicked the crap out of him while she was crippled. Yeah, it was just so good. That, I think that was like probably my favorite issue of the entire Joker War is just that Batgirl scene. Yep. No. Well, yeah. This also has the comic of the year slash panel of the year slash word of yeah, the year. It has that. <laughs> but uh, 
And that was the battery. The bat, or Bruce Bruce slash Batman calls his battery back up the battery. Harley's reaction with it. No, no, you. You're effing kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's the best panel. But I still say the best single issue overall is that uh, Batgirl book, though. Yeah, there was a lot of good stuff with uh, Harley because the Joker had drugged Batman and he was hallucinating like d- dead Alfred and stuff like that and. Harley's basically following him around Gotham, making sure he doesn't kill himself. So I thought that was a, kill, a really good dynamic. And every time he falls over or something, she's like, oh, not again. <laughs> you well, know. And Harley is, has been sticking around within even this week's, this past week's issue, which is issue number... 105. So even five issues after Joker War, she's still hanging around and yeah. still affecting Bruce. Oh, yeah. And she, they've done really good with her character here recently. So that's what's on my next on my list. Laura, what's next up on yours? Okay, I really enjoyed We Live for this past year, really which sounds weird. Still enjoying. I'm still enjoying. Yeah, I guess that's how I should say it. I I almost want to review it all at once because I want it to be the n- number three is my pick of the week for the week, but one through three is what I think is really stuck out for this year. Um, a little snippet of what We Live is about. The world is ending. Aliens have offered to save 5,000 children, and they mark them with these special bracelets. And they need to rendezvous at nine points across the world by a certain time to be relocated and saved before whatever happens at the planet. I'm not sure if they ever said... whatever human wiping out event happens. Okay, yeah, it's kind of been a whole bunch of almost natural events, like there was a flood, there was tsunamis, there's earthquakes, and there's just all this stuff. Yeah, there's a lot going on that... This world, I assume it's Earth. I, I guess I don't know for sure. I would but, say, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Earth. Yeah. Or Earth substitute, I guess. I'm willing to go with. Um, I'm going to say it is Earth because on the first page of the number three that came out, there is like a, uh, it, it, there's a building that's kind of in ruins that says uh, facility of medicine or faculty Maybe they just speak English. So I'm assuming, well, that could be. <laughs> It's like Doctor Who, the TARDIS, translating everything. See, I was going to go with, it's like Battlestar Galactica, where they just keep changing Earths, and like, oh, need to start over. New Earth. <laughs> ah. Yeah, I need to watch Battlestar Galactica. It's pretty good. It's a long series. I would watch three, I, I guess I watched the remake, not the original, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, back to <laughs> We Live. Yeah. One of that, oh, sorry, there is more. Um, One of the really neat things to me, the front page and sometimes other spots throughout the book... They've got this little QR code, and it takes you to a YouTube channel and their website, and there's music that goes along with each issue, which has been bittersweet. Like, sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, that's really cool, and sometimes I'm like, that changes how I feel about the issue. And I think I've said this before, so sorry for the people who are like avid listeners, and they're like, this is redundant. Why should she talk about this again? I think all we have is avid listeners at this point, so thank you for listening still. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for putting up with my redundant crap. I appreciate it. And the the first issue of this was really neat because like it had a wraparound cover that was really pretty that I can't find, so we're going to keep looking for that. And yeah, it just has really vibrant colors, and I just really recommend this one. And I forgot to look up how much longer it's going to go on for if they have a set number of books or not. I think it's an ongoing, but I can try to check real quick. Uh, we live... I'll say the inside cover does not say, like, three of... It just says issue three. I can see at least through issue number five, which is usually a story arc, either five or six. And it's not saying the end or anything, so. Okay. 
We'll cross our fingers that it keeps going. That they live. All right, Jerry, what's up next on your list? Okay, so you covered the Joker War. And next on my list is uh, Deceased Dead Planet, which is the next installment of the DC story arc. We had the main story arc a couple years ago, and there was a... Oh, I just lost the name of the second uh, volume. Unkillables. Unkillables. There's also a web series, too, isn't there? Uh, yes, it's Deceased Year Zero. That, a customer asked about us last weekend that we oh, didn't know that, what it was. Yeah, yep. Because we, uh, yeah, I didn't even know it existed. But, uh, yeah, this is the next installment for the DC story arc. Um, the heroes who had left Earth uh, get a distress beacon from Cyborg, and they go back to try to find him who says that he has a cure. And it's also following John Constantine and the magical creatures or magical characters of the DC universe. Uh, sometimes they're called Shadow Pact. Um, if anyone cares, I don't. It's a bit of a deep <laughs> It's just one of my, yeah. <laughs> it's something you know. Exactly. But uh, I don't even think they use Shadow Pact in this series at all. They just, they're just there. But it also follows the survivors who are still there, like uh, Red Hood and um, Arsenal and the group that they're with. Harley and Ivy still around. So we Which are at... I'd like to pay back in real quick. Uh, Deceased Unkillables came out this year also. It was the beginning before COVID. Oh, did it? So you can count both Deceased Unkillables and Dead Planet the same two and one. Well, we'll go with that. I don't have any Unkillables notes on me right now, but... Uh, uh, basically, Unkillables was the villain point of view from the oh, first Oh, that's DCs. right. It had uh, the Deathstroke stuff was really good. And there was only a three-issue series, too. Yeah. Yeah, that stuff was really good. With Mirror Master. Oh, I forgot about that. I'm going to have to go back and reread that now. Yeah, that's just, what I say. You yeah. sound so excited. I am excited. Yeah, issue one came out in <laughs> February, and issue three of three came out in May. Okay. That was mid-COVID stuff. It's been a long year. Yeah, it, it really has. So issue seven is not out yet. I think that's the final issue of this that series, correct, yes. and it's not out yet. Six came out last week. Last week or two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, sure. something like that, yeah. But that's been a staple of, like, we that comes out, that's, like, the first thing I read. That's written by Tom Taylor. Which yeah. He's another writer. Like, hey, if you write something, you should read it. Yep. It's going to be great. Um, so unless there's anything else you want to add uh, with DCs? Nope. Uh, I will go on to the one that... Actually, I do have one thing okay. just popped in my head was uh, with Plastic Man. They're, the characters were trying to get to a place. I don't remember what it was they were trying to get to. But he, was there was like... Out. Yeah, it was some hideout or something. But it's like a moat with what looked like blood as the water. Well, it turned out to be Zombie Plastic Man. And I was like, whoa, that was cool. It does not end well for the heroes. No, that one that one surprised me and surprised the heroes, not in a good way. So speaking of surprises, the story arc event that surprised me this year was uh, Marvel's Empire. It was a six-issue series. They did like a prelude to Empire, leading up to like Avengers 1 and uh, uh, Fantastic Four 1. I was not impressed. Like, this is going to suck big time. I was not looking forward to it. But after the first issue, I was like, oh... This is not what I expected. Because they were advertising it like, oh, the Kree and the Skrulls are going to actually unite and then attack Earth. Because they had the Kree-Skrull war forever in Marvel Comics. Like, they're finally united. They're going to attack Earth. It's going to go bad. Then they introduce this new villain that you decide that wipe out the uh, Kree-Skrull army. Basically within the first issue, like, boom, they're all gone. 
So then they team up with the Avengers and Earther, Earthers to try to fend off this new race. I think it's called the Cortai or something like that. It's some weird plant-based race. And it was surprisingly good. I was, like I said, I was not looking forward to the tie-in stuff or anything else. Admittedly, the tie-ins were okay, not great. You can get away with just reading the core story. Don't worry about the tie-ins for this one. And it was surprisingly good. It was a fast one, too. It was like week one, two, three, four, five, six, done. But that's because COVID crunched everything together, so they didn't have time to spread it out. But it was one that, like I said, it surprised me. I was not expecting to like it, and it was pretty good. I'm kind of disappointed I missed that. I think because you said it was so fast, I will. I thought I had more time to get into it, and then all of a sudden it was gone. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a six-issue weekly series, and that was it and done. It was. I bought the first two issues, and by the time I went in to buy the third one and the fourth, both uh, two weeks after that, it was they were sold out by the time I got there. So, yeah, definitely check it out in trade. If it's not in trade now, it should be soon. I think very soon, but it's worth reading. All right, Laura, anything else on your list? I was thinking about mentioning again that the graphic novel um, based on Kurt Vonnegut's book Slaughterhouse-Five came out this year. Um, it's by Ryan North and Albert Montes, and if you've ever read the book, it follows it pretty good from, from what I remember. I admit it's been a while since I read the book. But Slaughterhouse-Five, The Children's Crusade, is about Billy Pilgrim becoming unstuck in time and how he deals with he was in the firebombing in Dresden in World War II and all the trauma that comes from living through that experience and then trying to go back to a normal life and um also feeling that he's been abducted by aliens and put in their zoo and there's just a lot of things happen and it's a good book to to read and enjoy and it's a good adaptation of the original source material mm -hmm. yeah so if you're like me and i've never read the book just read the graphic novel then, which is what i will do eventually someday we'll have time Maybe next week when we're not doing podcasting, maybe I, I might read it then. That's why I suggested earlier. <laughs> All right, Jared, what's up on yours still? Okay, I've got two left. Uh, sure, go ahead. Okay, that's roughly. <laughs> uh, he'll allow it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it takes as long as it takes. One of them is going to be really quick because I don't have a whole lot. Of slight notes. spoiler for the listeners: uh, the picks of the week for comic books this week are going to be pretty fast. Yep. <laughs> we have some overlap. <laughs> so, what's up so, on yours? Um, well, my uh, the other comics I liked this year was uh, Nightwing. Um, Nightwing's Actually always becoming been Nightwing again. Yeah, but even like before then, yeah, it was a little long and drawn out. But I kind of reread the issues back to back, so and it reads better in trade. Um, it was when he was Rick Grayson, when he had no memory, and there were some random police and firefighters and other quote-unquote Nightwings who took up the mantle while he was gone that were helping people and everything, and he always had to come save their butts because they were horrible at their jobs. <laughs> yeah. For me, when, they were good. when there actually was a Nightwing, either being the cops and everyone else or Dick himself, it was good. When he was that agent of Spiral, I hated it. Oh, that was horrible. So this yeah. is like, it's good to see it. I don't care who's Nightwing, as long as there actually is a Nightwing, Yeah. then cool, I'm good with that. Yeah, but those those were really good story arcs, and then once it got to, uh, he actually met a girl in there, and they, I wish they would have continued that instead of ended it the way they did, it's got its faults, but um, it was a whole new character, had it a whole new, added a whole new dynamic, it wasn't uh, Starfire, or it wasn't Batgirl, or if you remember, yeah, it was just, was just, say, just was a it bartender. B? Yeah. Okay. 
Yep, I thank yeah, you. I couldn't I w- remember her name. I was disappointed when in the one for this week they said, "Oh, I broke up with her," and I was like, "But she sounded really yeah. interesting, and I yeah. thought they were—I thought they were doing so good." And then yeah, she's I gone. thought it was a really good twist on it that he was just dating some some random human that wasn't a you know model alien or anything. But Ho- uh, hopefully they twist it later, and they're like, "Oh wait, I we changed my mind. I'll come back." Or she'll, she has a taste of the superhero life and she'll turn into some sort of vigilante also. Yeah, maybe she'll turn yeah, into a villain or that. something, you know. You never Nightwing know. scorned her. That could her, be sad, so, yeah. yeah. So, That's comic books for you. That's yeah. drama. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, you know, it uh, followed into the Joker war where Joker took control of his mind and then Batman and family freed him from that. And, you know, there was a lot of great stuff with Nightwing over the year. Yeah. This was a very good year for Dick Grayson. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that little pause. Uh, so, anything else about Nightwing that you want to... Nope, that was just, I just want to let people know that it was good. <laughs> uh, for me, one of the favorite issues I had this year was um, Amazing Spider-Man number 850, where it was an oversized issue. They had a million different covers, and the big thing leading up to this was a... Not a real surprise, surprise. Like, oh, it's the return of the Green Goblin, but shh, it's a secret. We don't know what's going to happen. They advertise like crazy. No, Green Goblin's returning. This is his big reveal of coming back and everything. It was the end of the Sin Eater story that wrapped up in this issue. So it was Made in Spider-Man number 850 slash number 49. It makes me really sad that it's number 49, not number 50. Like, they did some poor planning at some point. Like, guys, come on. Just... It's off by one. Just fix it. Just do... They should have renumbered something before that, so it would be 850 and number 50, but... Yeah, and especially they had a bunch of, like, side one-shots that were, like, Norman Osborn stories. It's like, maybe you should just tuck that into the main story somehow. Yeah. Like, you could do it. Yeah, I, I don't know how they missed the math on this, but it makes me sad that it, it'll be forever off by one. Maybe like, they should yeah. stop recounting everything and just, like, stick with a number system and go. <laughs> something, yeah. <laughs> then they can't have a thousand number ones of something. Well, yeah. they, can't well, they can. It'll just be one shots off to the side. Just have another series end on an odd number. Because obviously that's how we got here is another series ended at an odd number. So issue one was an even number. That, so, like, come on, guys. <laughs> you're you're mess with my OCD big time. But back to this issue. I know there was a lot of content to it with it. Some of it was not as good as others. But for me, the main story with Green Goblin and him coming back and everything... It was really good, especially for, was it 10 bucks for that issue? Yeah, probably. Yeah, definitely. So, it, like, it's basically a miniature trade at that point for 10 bucks. Yeah, this was well-written. It was a good story. It had a few, like, side stories, too, that were also good. And there were Beatles references while I was looking through my notes. Yeah. And some Doctor Strange feeling because they had the artist for that doing the one story. So, so yeah, that yeah. was... One of my favorite issues was was Amazing Spider-Man number 49 slash 850. Anything else on your list, Laura? Um, I kind of feel like giving an honorable mention to Dune. It was released this year, issues 1 and 2, as like a prequel to the original story. And also a graphic novel came out, or at least yeah, the it, store started it stopping. Came out. It okay, new. it came out. And I actually did finish that finally. It took me a little while because... 
I didn't have a real reason to, like, I didn't have a deadline, so I was like, okay, I'll take my time. But it was actually really good, and it turns out it's not done. Like, I thought it was going to wrap up, and there's another part to it I think comes out. I want to say it might even be 2022. Like, it's a while out for the next half of the Dune graphic novel, but I'm actually looking forward to it. And reading them at the same time, even the one's a prequel and one's the the current one, it helped me kind of sort the characters better, which doesn't make any sense for how I normally get confused by this sort of thing. But it gave me a chance to say, oh, this guy got introduced and he's doing this and he's still doing it in this other story. And so it's, it's interesting. It was a good, good ride. So honorable right. mention to Dune this year. All right. All right. And the spice controls everything. Mm-hmm. All right, Jared. All right. Final one on my list was join the future. Um, this one was a covid stopper well or no covid (laughs) stopped this one cold um the issue one dropped in march covid hit the second issue didn't come out till june so there was a big gap between issues one and two because of covid and uh i think this book lost some traction for that but it was really good um it's a story about humanity that is separated kind of between high-tech cities and rural communities well, without the technology like a wild west type of yeah. world like not even like rural yeah now, like but... there's like no technology there so but uh the cities i don't remember why uh they want the civilians to join their city so they can terraform the area to be more city also right but it was almost like they were trying to get like i know when the first time i read it i thought they were trying to get the land to terraform but they were also trying to get people for to build their population there definitely seems to be some sort of shenanigans of why they're recruiting slash forcing people to to join the future right that uh, the cities they provide for every civilian's needs, their food, water, clothing, anything, you know, they even have like sporting events and entertainment. At least that's the advertisements. We, yeah. don't, we don't actually ever see inside the city. No, you're right. We don't. So, so maybe volume two might see why yeah. and what's actually going on behind it's Cause it seems like a deal. It's too good to be true. Right. So what, what is the catch on this? Right. But it, uh, this, uh, girl and her father and family were basically, they were trying, being recruited to join the, the future, the city, and they decline. Well, they pretty much get blown away by a bunch of guns. And she's the only survivor, and the rest of the small community says, well, whatever, after what happened to you guys, we're just going to join, you know. And she's going out to get justice and revenge. So it's one of those type of story arcs. It's, it was really good. The art is fantastic in it. But that was uh, one of my picks for the year. Um, I don't want to give too many spoilers, and part of me can't because I'm missing issue four. Yeah. So. But the trade is supposed to come out the first week, of, the first full week of January, I believe. Yeah. That's what we looked up. So. Uh, and so that was so that was the last one on your list. Yep, that was the last one. I have on my a couple that chime in when you know stuff or whatever about it. Uh, I have three left on mine that are big and memorable for me. Uh, first one is Walking Dead. Negan lives. Number one. Also known as Negan Lives, one and only, because it was a one-shot. Um, this one stands out to me for a couple of reasons. One, because Walking Dead ended last year, and Kirkman said, all right, I'm done writing Walking Dead. No more. This is it. Peace out. And then he wrote this. But in the letters on the back of the page, he's like, all right, the reason why I did this is because COVID hit, because small businesses are hurting, specifically comic books are hurting. So I wrote this book 
Um, he actually gave all the stores a certain amount of free copies to sell. Like here, just have these for free. Just sell them. Do you know? Do whatever you can out of this to make money off of it. And he's done a lot of things that I've questioned. Like really, why are you doing this? But other things like okay, you're that's actually benefiting the store and everything. So good on you for actually supporting the industry that has made you so popular to make your TV shows that have made you millions of dollars. So for me, this one was cool because yeah, you get to see. In the regular series of The Walking Dead, Negan just walks off into the sunset. You never see what happens or anything. This gives a little bit of an end of the picture of what's going on when he does that. And it's a one-shot. It was really out of nowhere. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was a great COVID relief book. Yeah. I really don't know what it, what else to say about it. It was really nice of Robert Kirkman to do that, for one. And like I said, he wasn't, he wasn't even planning on doing it, but one of his friends reached out and said, Hey. You know, you have the means, you'll make money, they'll make money. Why don't you do this? He's like, okay, fine. And then once he, he said, once he started writing, it's like, oh, it really writes itself because it makes sense of what would go on with the character and everything like that. He's like, all right, for serious though, this is the end. But P.S., so and so lives. And the reason why they, this was because before in the letters, he said, Negan lives. So it's just a little joke that he's rolling on with. Who knows? He might do more stuff after all. We'll see. Um, another one I have on my list is Seven Secrets by Tom Taylor. This one really surprised me also. Uh, it is so cheesy, but in the good way. It has a secret society that has these briefcases that have secrets that would change the world if they ever got out. And it's, it kind of reminds me of the Kingsman storyline, uh, books and movies, but more diverse. They're not just old English people. And it's, I'm invested with the characters, with what's going on, with, um, there's definitely some family drama going on with everybody, both the main protagonist and then their family or their bosses drama going on. So, interested to see what's going on with that. And the final one that I have on my list is Firepower. That one is also by Robert Kirkman, I believe. Yep. And the very first issue isn't an issue at all. It's the graphic novel, Volume Zero, that explains this whole... It's kind of like Iron Fist. It has a hidden city in the mountains. Very much Iron Fist. Martial but... arts and special powers. Um, so the first issue is Volume Zero. And then Issue 1 was actually supposed to be Free Comic Book Day this year, which did not happen. But we still had Issue 1, and it was free. And then the whole series after that. Um, I'm going to follow it in trade. I think I've got the first volume in single issue, issues now, but I'm going to drop it and pick it up and trade from here on out. It just feels like it'll read better in trade in general. And I, I, I missed a few issues that were on the wall. So like, well, okay, since I waited, I'll just wait a little bit longer and just click the whole volume, the whole series in trade and go from there. But yeah, it, it was one of those that the first volume, the first half, I was like, really? This is such a knockoff of Iron Fist. I don't like this at all. What the crap? And then I got invested. Like, oh, wait, this is actually good. Dang it. This is actually good. <laughs> I reluctantly liked it. Like, oh man, okay, it's another thing I'll read. Those are our big books of 2020. Unless anything else stands out that we've just now come to mind. I can't, well, it's COVID made it different because I didn't even realize DC's done Killables was this year. Right. You know, I thought that was last year's. I mean, so it effectively was with the COVID break. Yeah. So it's one of those where it's like, oh shoot, I need to go back and. <laughs> Maybe see what else came out earlier this year. This is the longest, shortest year of all time. It is. It really is. So, with that, we'll move on to our books that came out this week. 
Um, and we went a little long with our first section because this one has a whole lot. So because there's not a whole lot this week, Lori, I'll let you go first. What is your honorable mention for this week? Okay. I think I'm going to stick with the Black Cat number one for my honorable mention. Um, it was actually a good book, which sound, sounds <laughs> like before I got to this one in my stack, I was really struggling. I was like, what? This week has been kind of awful. And I wasn't expecting anything good out of this because it's a King and Black. Did it's I say the King right thing? Black issue. Yeah, King and Black. So oh, is actually, it? A... I think it's actually King and Black, Black Cat number one. Okay, well, a lot of them have just been crossovers, so I just assumed she was a crossover. I'm not 100% but... sure. It'll but yeah. probably see the fine print if you want to hit it to me, I can look at it. Okay. But yeah, she actually is affected by this. It was like the story was actually written to be part of King and Black. And so many of the other crossovers have been like, the last panel, there's a reference to the king. Or there's just, like, things going on around this story that has nothing else to do with it. Like, I kind of got mad at the Immortal Hulk because it had, like, one little thing to do with it. But that's neither here nor there, really. And it also, um, in The Black Cat, there was a reference back to Dr. Steve, who, if you've been following Venom for a long time, um, he was part of Alchemax back when Liz Allen was trying to keep Venom under her thumb. And so I thought it was a good throwback to that, yeah. And he's going to help them figure out how to stop the King in Black because he's got all this experience with the Venom symbiote and symbiotes in general. And, oh, and they also make the plan that um, Black Cat says, well, what I'm good at is stealing stuff. And she witnessed Doctor Strange being kidnapped. And she's like, well, I need to steal him back then. That's going to be my... My idea for this, I feel like this is an ongoing arc that she's going to, to do. I guess that was another honorable mention this past year. Her little series, I probably shouldn't say it kind of diminutively like that, but she had, I forget how many issues, like one through seven or so of a little arc. And this is actually yeah. Black Cat number one. It's not King Black, so this is its own series now. Okay. So it just, it's starting with King Black, near as I can tell. Yeah, and it refers back to the, the team of see i don't know heist her her mob group not really a mob i don't know her gang from the last series she still has those same people working with her to pull off all these heists and things her her men her henchmen that's a good word henchmen so yeah i i really enjoyed this this week and i recommend that people get on board with black cat and i think the trade nope i didn't look at that up but there should be a trade for the last black cat series that you can get into order all right, Jared, what is your slash and or mine honorable mention for this okay, week? Okay, so I'll pick Batman as my honorable mention. You can have Nightwing as your honorable mention. How's that? Uh, We're trading well, comics at the table. Bat, Nightwing will be my pick and Batman will be your pick. You know, uh, <laughs> no. I'm going to go with both honorable mention for both of us. I think that's fair because yeah. I, I like Nightwing better. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> Batman 105 is my honorable mention. Our honorable mention. Yes, our honorable mentions. Um, this dealt with the ongoing story of uh, Ghost Maker. Okay, I thought I had that wrong there for a second. I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> I thought I was wrong the way you said it, and I was like, I thought that was it. <laughs> it is a dumb name. Yeah. And I would like to say but it's a dumb costume too. But he makes ghosts. Yeah, like I said, it's a dumb name. And it is a dumb costume that, to me, looks like a mix between of Deadpool and Moon Knight. Yeah. And that's not in a good way. <laughs> no, no, not in a good way. It's it's really bad, guys. The costume I've seen is worse. really bad. 
uh, up to this issue, I did not care, and I did not like Ghostmaker, the character. Same and here. this whole story arc, I was like, this story arc is dumb. Yep, and it was to follow up the Joker War. I mean, this was set right after the Joker War. This story arc kind of set up Bruce Wayne, who is not in his mansion anymore, but he moved into the city to be closer to the people he's protecting and Which, stuff like that. Let's be honest, economically, that makes more sense. Like, it makes okay, a just, lot more sense. Yeah, it's a lot faster you know. response time to things. Yeah, <laughs> he lost his fortune, so now he's got to work, worry about gas mileage. Right. Yep. I mean, so. he, still, he still somehow has a mansion in downtown Gotham. Yeah. That's not going to be cheap, no. but whatevs. But uh, it uh, kind of picks up where we left off. It has a, a flashback at the beginning, but uh, picks up where we left off with the character of clown slayer clown, clown hunter. killer clown killer yeah it's... i thought it was hunter or clown was hunter it was a hunter I thought... oh, there's I a panel in here that actually killer. he says it um i don't know why i would have written down hunter clown Cause... hunter because oh, okay. i've been pretty good hunter. about looking these yep, things okay. up because i get names right. wrong very that's why you take notes and why yep. yep listen to my notes people <laughs> but uh picks up where her and batman are kind of tied up and chained up in this room and he the clown hunter is about to kill harley quinn who had a dealing with his parents deaths she, she i don't remember a, what the situation she was, was up with joker when they went on some sort of rampage we don't know necessarily which one okay that ended up killing his parents okay i so, thought i had missed something but it wasn't it was a, a specific one it was just hey her and joker did right. something that killed near, them. at least near as i can tell it was just like some time ago one of your heists at some point, we were you killed our random parent, my random parents. Yeah, but this... yeah, she sounded like she didn't even remember the specifics. She's like, "If I did, I'm sorry." Yeah. Like, but she had a great little monologue of apologizing to him, and it was very sincere. The character development with Harley Quinn has been phenomenal, and this week's issue really just showcased it. But it also had a great ending with Ghostmaker. Ghost Maker. I'm I'm gonna have trouble with that one. It's just so bad. <laughs> so. Jared and I were talking about this before when we were at the store. Like, both of us hated the storyline up up to this point. It has been just a whole lot of nothing. But this issue finally, okay, this one works. Everything else, I don't necessarily like, but it makes sense, and I'm good with it now. And yeah, I'm cool. I'm I'm cool with this character now. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with him. Um, spoiler alert for the final bit of the issue. So, spoiler alert right now for Batman number one hundred five. One hundred five. Okay, he joins Batman. Yeah, he's like all right. part of the family. He's sort part, of, he is part of the family now. With yeah. the one stipulation, he will not wear a bat symbol. He's like, mm-hmm. no, I, I'll join you, but I'm not doing this. No, but and it, didn't Batman ask him not to kill anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the rule. Okay. That's the other. That's rule. the rule. But the stipulation the Ghostmaker gave to Batman was, I'm not wearing a bat on my chest. But it was real. I thought it was really neat. Um, it had Nightwing, Batgirl, or Orphan. Yeah. It had Cassandra oh. Cain's version of Batgirl and Spoiler all sitting on a roof waiting to beat the holy crap out of Ghostmaker. And Batman's like, I gave them a signal to hold off. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's like, oh, it's it's Batman. <laughs> and the one thing I like about this, too, is they don't really explicitly say in here, but it definitely has big term implications that Bruce is poor now. He doesn't have any money. Yeah. But this Ghostmaker is rich. He says, hey, I, you know, technically I'm richer than you are now. So he can be the bankroll behind Batman. He can fund Batman now since Bruce can't fund Batman himself. Right. And if you take Ghostmaker out of the equation, there is a contradiction between them saying Batman doesn't have any money here to the Nightwing issue, which we'll get into. Well, okay, so I want to reference Marvel now. 
at one point when Tony Stark was, quote, poor. Like, oh, aren't you poor now? He's like, well, my definition of poor versus your definition of poor are two different things. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah. Bruce poor versus our poor. Bruce poor could still be a millionaire instead right. of a billionaire. So. Oh, oh, no. He's a multimillionaire instead of a billionaire. So there is that. Like, But still, with Ghostmaker having all this money, then theoretically, it, it would not surprise me if he is the new bankroll slash supplier for all of Batman's gear and gadgets. So the fanboys won't be like, well, if he's so poor, how can he afford to do this? Well, Ghostmaker's paying for it. Okay, fine. Yep. And it also had another little tidbit, another little spoiler was uh, Bat. Uh, he told Batman, he's like, I'm going to call you out on anything I think you're doing wrong. And he's like, good. Batman says, good, because I don't have Alfred anymore to do that for yeah. me. Right. I like that part, too. It fills a lot of necessities that need to be there for Batman to be Batman. Yeah. Uh, and I'll move on to our pick of the week now. By my, our, I mean mine and Jared. Laura, you can have your own. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what's mine is Girls mine, only. yours is yours. Except for what's mine is yours, but either way. Uh, so anyway, our pick of the week is Nightwing number 77. Um, this one is a Christmas one-shot. Uh, we talked about it earlier how Nightwing broke up with his girlfriend, so he's still coming to peace of mind with that, really. He's like, okay, I need to take my mind off of this and go back into work. Him and Batman are out on patrol. There are two separate calls where Batman's like, all right, you go do this. I'll take care of this. And without going into too far details, it's a it's a robbery of sorts. Yeah. Um, slash a, a financial hostage situation. I'll put it that yeah. way. Yeah, data heist. Um, where there's this person that was wronged by this company, and even though technically... That's a be- evil company. They are within their legal rights. And I was like, well, you guys are jerks, but it is my job to stop whoever is attacking you, blah, blah, blah. And it's a good heartwarming, schmaltzy ending to it with everything where Bruce and Nightwing come to the rescue for this disenfranchised person and group of people and sets them up for life. And it's a happy Christmas tale. Yes, so he owns this building where he's going to fund these people to live. Bruce owns the building. Yeah, Bruce owns the building, not Dick. But, uh, yeah, it was very good. It was very... Nightwing used detective skills in it, and... I don't want to give everything It wasn't just a, I'll beat you up solution. It's a, we need to, oh, I need to outthink this problem. Right. Yeah, I liked how the character had a bait-and-switch kind of thing, too. Like, she threw him off the trail for a little yeah, bit, and then was, he came back, and he's like, wait a minute. It was a bit of an Ocean's Eleven sort of yeah. style of heist. And then she tried it again, and he's like, yeah, you're not going to fool me twice. Right. <laughs> but it all ends well with them, and it was pretty good. Yep, and it ends with the Christmas at the Wayne house. And I think it's uh, Dick's there, Barbara's there. I think it's Tim and Damien. I don't see Jason anywhere. See, I think I thought it was everyone but Damien, but I could be mistaken. If well, the kid's sitting in the background. It's either Damien or Tim there, and the other person's either Tim or Jason. Yeah. So, but and yeah. Alfred's in the background uh, in a picture. Yep. Yeah. And Ace is there, the right. hound dog. Ace oh, the I forgot hound. the dog's name. All right, so that is our pick of the week, Laura. You can finish it up. What is your pick of the week? I really liked We Live Number Three, um, by the Miranda Brothers. As I said earlier, it's got a musical code in the front, and that's really... 
But I think it takes you to the same one. I think one. it's the same one too, which is yeah. disappointing. Yeah, the first one takes you to their web page, and the second one takes you to a YouTube of yeah, that's right. the video that's on their web page. Because I, I was trying to figure it out, too. Okay, I'm glad I wasn't <laughs> the only one that, because we read it Tuesday night, I was like, wait, it's not, is it not here? I don't know. And then I saw the second one, I'm like, oh, this is the actual video. Okay, so we're good. Yeah, the one you went to first, you probably had to scroll all the way to the bottom. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I did, because I was like, I read, I heard this song already. I heard this one already. I was going to play through more of them, but I was like... Nah, I need to focus on reading. I can't be playing on my phone because on Facebook. It's yeah. a trap. Yeah, it's a trap. But I really like that this issue gave some background on what the molders are. And those are some creatures that have been stalking and causing trouble for our our children, our chosen children, throughout the, the two issues we've had before. <laughs> it seems so much longer for some there, reason. There yeah. is so much story. It feels like it should be like issue, issue six or seven. Yeah. And let's see. I guess everything else I wrote down is kind of a spoiler though. Um, but no, I'm going to go for it anyway. We, we learned that there's a cult that is looking for these children as well. That are wearing the bracelets and are chosen by the alien race to, to be saved. And it's like, hmm, what are these guys up to? Yeah, it like, seems like the cults say, like, no, we're destined to stay here. Screw the consequences of being rescued, potentially, or whatever. Like, nope, this is our way. We have to stay no matter what. Yep. Um, one thing I really liked about this issue, too, is it worked out perfectly. The QR code in the middle worked out perfectly for me. When I started that and kept reading, the song ended right when I read the last panel, too. Like, oh, that was perfect timing for that whole song then. Oh, wow. Well, that's, that's an indication good. of how slow I am, because mine was, like, pretty much while they were walking, and I, by the time they got where they were going, then the song stopped, and I still had a decent amount of the the thing left, and I was like... Well, it was serendipitous for me. It worked out for me. I was like, because I, I was like, all right, the song ended. Oh, that was the end, because the rest is just ads. So, I don't know if you remember me looking back through, I was like, oh, nope, these are all ads. So, yeah. We live number three. So... We Live and Nightwing are our picks of the week for the end of the year. The final picks of the week for the year. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, we should have gotten a sound effect. A sound effect for your soundboard. Other than you hitting the microphone? Yeah. This this isn't a sound effect? I'm sure that won't be annoying to edit out at all. Oh, I thought you'd leave it in. Cause... <laughs> yeah, but balancing may be... Oh, is we'll it see. too loud? We'll see. Okay. What happens, it happens. Oh, well. Let's, Sorry, guys. If there's a cut, it's going to come back here, and you'll never know the secret song I made on the yeah, microphone cord. I'll probably leave it in. It can so, be an outtake at the end. We'll see. That's a lot of work. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to our final of the year, Heroes of the Week slash Heroes of the Year. Normally, it's just Heroes of the Week. This this one, I'm opening up to Hero of the Year, be it comic book character or creator or just person in life in general. Who is your favorite hero of the week slash year? Jared, you already mentioned one first. You can go ahead and go ahead. Um, I'm The one that for the year stands out for me was John Krasinski, where he came up with that Some Good News on YouTube. Um, right when the pandemic started and every everyone was going into lockdown and things were just crazy and no one knew what was going on. And he came out with uh, these little video clips that would showcase the good side of humanity and things being together during the pandemic and everything like that and they were fun watches i think there was only like five episodes he put out they were only like 10 minutes each or something like that but it was a lot of fun they were fun to watch i think he a lot of people really enjoyed them 
I think he did a lot of good for people by putting those out. Because that's when people were really locked down. All right. So. John Krasinski. Yep. Um, so for me, I'll go next. I'm going to cut ahead. I don't know if you have one yet or not, so I'll cut ahead. Um, I have had. I was thinking of a couple of them, like, oh, this person, that person. I was thinking maybe Boba Fett because of Mandalorian. I'm not going to say anything else other than that. And I forget who else I said before we started recording or what I was going to of who I was going to say. Oh, shit. Chadwick no, I Boseman? don't remember. No, but Chadwick Boseman is a really good one, yeah, too. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, but right now, I'm going to pick John Favreau uh, for basically controlling all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and controlling... Uh, what is it? He is the executive producer, and I think director too at some point, or just executive producer of Mandalorian. I think with Dave Filoni. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because Dave Filoni did the Clone Wars. So John Favreau for making Mandalorian season two. Uh, the finale is going to drop tomorrow as we're recording this, or possibly today when you're listening to this podcast, depending on what time you listen to it. Um, but yeah, John Favreau is doing some great work. He is showing that. The best Star Wars isn't the movies, it's the TV shows. And I'm going to go with that. So, yeah, John Favreau is my hero of 2020. All right, Laura, you get the final one. Oh, that's kind of sad. Final um, one for the year. Yeah, I should have thought about this more, but I was like, eh, I'll just pick one for the week. So, really, I was going to pick the Black Cat because I thought she did pretty good this week at being a hero, stepping up, backing up Captain America and her title. And she's always been, like, in the Spider-Man cartoon was where I base most of my Spider-Man knowledge from. And I felt that her characterization in that was really great, that she started out as kind of a prissy, uh, spoiled, rotten kid, but then she learned more about life, got her powers, came down to Earth. And I always thought she was a good match for Spider-Man in that way, that she had powers, had a secret. They already had a base relationship that they didn't realize until they learned each other's secret identities. And, yeah, I just always thought that she was a very good character, and not just because she's a cat, but I do I do like cats, too. So I'm going with Felicia Hardy, the black cat, as my hero of the week, and therefore sort of of the year, but nope. take it with a grain of salt. Last hero of the week. Yeah. For the year. And I was prepared for the final one. Yep. <laughs> Good job. You did better than me, as usual. <laughs> I was prepared, but I, I pivoted mine at the last hit. I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to go. Uh, he was the first one that came into my mind, so. So, with that, we will say, have a good year. Have a good remainder of the year. We'll see you in a couple of weeks, unless you come to the store, in which case we'll see you before then. Uh, which I encourage. Come to the store. Wear a mask. Come to the store. You wash hand your sanitizer. hands. Wash your hands. Um, buy stuff. Talk to us about stuff as long as we care. If we don't. Want, if we don't care, we don't want to talk about it. That's just the way things work. Um, if yeah. I'm there, I'll probably talk to you, even if I don't care. I will just pretend. Sure. That's the thing I do. <laughs> we'll, so, we'll pull our phones out and start, you know, getting on Pokemon and stuff. Yeah. It's a pogo stop. Make sure you go spin the stop. So thanks for listening. This is actually a slightly longer episode than I anticipated. So, that, but that's okay. So not no short editing for me tonight. It'll be a full edit night. So yay! Sorry, kinda. You just can't shut us up. It is what it is. But thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing the podcast. I'm not gonna do that whole spiel. So go ahead and do that. Thank you for doing that. And we'll see you 
the first Thursday of January. That's not New Year's Day. And we'll talk about new books next year. So thanks for listening. We'll see you then. Woohoo!